I don't like that we've called it the silent suffering, but that really captures exactly the essence of what me, you, and so many women that I know have gone through. I know that men go through autoimmune issues too, um, but I I know mostly in my life, women that are dealing with these issues. Hi everyone, this is Helene and coming from the heart. This is our third episode and we can't believe how fast this uh, podcast world is working and how excited we are because of course we're now on Spotify and uh, getting approved with Apple Podcast. And I'm excited to say that Alexandra, of course, you guys probably know this by now, she's my daughter. And not only is she just going to be a special guest, but she is now going to be a co-host on our show. How you doing, Alexandra? Hi, everyone. How's it going? So what's going on, Alexandra? How's our week? We had quite the week. Little did we know getting into this podcast would be so much work. So, but you know, it's been a lot of fun and I've learned so much. It's been really exciting having you all listen. And and that's really the fun part of of it all. Just having everyone listen, getting your feedback, shout out to everyone just giving us some love and we're giving it right back. Yeah. So... Alexandra, I am so happy to have you as my. Are you really? I, I really Is am. She really happy. Yeah, I, I am happy. It's a it's a love hate relationship, as we mentioned more than many times last time. Is about our mother yeah, daughter. You'll get to know us. You will get to know us. So let's talk a little bit about what this episode three is going to be about. Um, we don't want to give anything away. We kind of want to give a little bit of a teaser. But uh, I was very fortunate to um, have an opportunity to connect with a very good friend of mine who not only has so many things going on in her life, whether she was an, of course, she's an actor, she's a singer, uh, she uh, does a lot of things philanthropically, a lot of things, a lot of movements that she's involved with, of course, with um, uh, getting involved with protesting and so forth. But she also connected me, with me with music, but also with having some issues medically. And she was so nice to have a conversation with us to to describe her frustration and things that she has been through. So, um, again, a shout-out to Mary Manette. Thank you so much for... We love uh, recording with yeah, you. It was you, so much it fun. It was so much fun. Um, so, yeah, talk a little bit about um, what the podcast is going to be about as far as the topic with Mary, Alexandra. What did you get out of that conversation? What we got out of it, or what I would love this podcast to be is a place where you feel that you are not alone because so many people are going through so many different things medically with relationships personal I feel like everyone's just trying to find themselves um, no matter where you are in your life and we want to be a way the place exactly the place to be your friend and as we grow and have more listeners know that you can always come back to us, the Coming to Heart community, to just, 
you know, vent and, and, and connect with us because we hear you and we want to get to know you guys. Uh, we feel that this is a special place, a special community. And uh, so what I got out of it was validation to know that no matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Yeah, you are not alone. And Mary, uh, of course, spoke so eloquently and got into some, you know, very, um, shall we say, not the most uh, easy topics to talk about because, of course, she's talking about her her journey with her some medical issues and so forth. But what Alexandra did say is that as we proceed from week to week with our episodes, it's this community of listeners, and we hope that there are definitely some listeners out there. Yeah, maybe we're just thinking that we're just so big, <laughs> but we're really not. But We are not that big, but you know what? Um, and Alexandra, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it matter. Really doesn't. It doesn't matter because really it all comes down to why this podcast happened because um, going through Vertigo and as we, as Alexandra and I actually named, well, shall we say, well, we didn't name Vertigo, but we named what people go through when they are not being heard. For an example, it could be an autoimmune situation. I wanted to stress that name. Go ahead. What's it called, Alexandra? We coined it the silent suffering. The silent suffering, which we elaborate on. And uh, I talk a little about this um, in the episode, but now that it's the intro, I guess I have the floor. You do have the floor. Um, So I think with anyone going through an autoimmune disease, um, scientifically, just looking at it, it's really hard to diagnose, specifically because of the fact that symptoms overlap and things are misdiagnosed with thinking it's something else. And um, I actually uh, went through having fibromyalgia. Um, I was 13 in seventh grade. And so you can only imagine what middle school is like. It was terrible. And I went from doctor to doctor trying to figure out what the hell I had. My mom was out of her mind trying to figure out what I had. And I had terrible joint pain, terrible knee pain, just pain all over. And um, I also have a lot of food allergies too. And um, it wasn't until I went to Hackensack and um, it's funny, I kind of, did we, I don't know if we said this, um, I was in the waiting room and I'm an anal retentive type A person. Really? I didn't know that. Um, Go on, Alexandra. With school. And uh, the doctor was looking at me in the waiting room and she already diagnosed me before seeing me, but she's an amazing doctor. The point of the episode is is silent suffering. Okay. The fact that you can look like one thing and then feel another thing. And so I know that my mom felt like that with her vertigo because, you know, you're just walking down the street and someone sees you, they'll be like, Oh yeah, you have vertigo. Like no one would know. Well, yeah, or no one yeah, no, no one would know. Or actually, to be honest, and as no I no, no, no one talks about it. And I think actually, you really can't walk down the street when you are having well, vertigo, you know, Alexandra. Sorry, Hi- about that. Hi- okay. hypothetically, hypothetically, hypothetically. But I think that just to pull the reins back here a little bit, Alexandra, is that the interview, which um, again, a shout out to Mary, is that she goes into detail a little bit about her her journey of what she did and trying to find a physician, of course, a doctor who would listen to who would listen to her. And I know that my journey was the same way, where I just felt that what I was saying was not clearly being heard because until you actually go through something, and of course trying to help out Alexandra when she was a child with her fibromyalgia, 
you can't, you know, you can't, if you can't exactly describe it and it's not in a textbook, then often it is, dis, it is dismissed. So that is why we are referencing this, this episode with Mari as the silent suffering. Su- suffering. There we go. Thank you, Alexandra. So we hope that you will join us and we hope that you will listen in and tell some friends because, of course, we're now on Spotify and, of course, Apple Podcasts. We po- are actually we approved are, on Apple we are Podcasts. A- we are approved on Apple Podcasts. And so. what I forgot to say at the end is when you find us and you listen, please subscribe, rate, and review and have a little heart-to-heart with us. So I think now we are going to segue into getting into Mari and learning a little about her story and her journey. Hi, everybody. We are so excited to have a really special guest today. Her name is Mary Minette Linder, and she is a New York City-based actor and singer who lives in Hoboken, New Jersey. So I'm sure you guys know where that is. Um, Most notably, Mary has done a lot of things with her life, but uh, some things or some highlights to talk about. She had the role of Lucy White Witch as the understudy to the off-Broadway production of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe at St. Luke's Theater. And Mary is one half of the podcast, 30, Flirty, and Trying. So you guys should check that out as well. And works as a private voice and acting coach. And that's kind of how we connected. Uh, she has previously worked as street team marketing manager, putting on different types of events. And what else did she do? She had various uh, experience with Cirque du, Cirque du Soleil and shows across North America, as well as for various Broadway shows as well. And she created the marketing blog for that company, Theater Mama, a New York City-based theatrical marketing company. And in her spare time, because she seems so busy, you can find her hanging with her husband, Tori, hunting for old records, um, of course, when there's not an epidemic, and on the quest for the best whole brew, yes, you are my friend, that she can find. Um, Making puns on the daily, of course, that's what she's up to, and listening to way too many podcasts, how she got me into doing this. Uh, She loves to read, and what else does she like to do? She likes to have impromptu dance parties. She likes Snapchatting her best friend. She likes FaceTiming her family and finding ways to creatively tell stories and spending time as a grassroots advocate for fair voting and civil rights. So welcome, Mari. How are you? You got a lot going on, my friend. I do. When you read it back, I was like, whoa, that girl's busy. You are busy. Yes, and kind of life at this point um, because, you know, the pandemic. Yes, of course, the pandemic, of course, is what we've all been dealing with, of course, for the last few months. So, so tell us what, tell us a little bit, what have you been up to? Totally. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm so excited to connect with you again because we haven't been able to, and we're still not seeing each other, but at least we get to hear our beautiful voices um, all together. Um, So yeah, what have I been up to? I have been up to, so, you know, basically the last three and a half months have been quarantine time. Um, So I am unable to do uh, the work that I did at that marketing company um, Mm -hmm. because they market for Broadway. So they are, you know, uh, out of a gig for right now. Um, And then, but I switched gears and I started teaching um, online lessons. So music lessons I've been teaching. Um, My husband, uh, he was on a Broadway national tour, beautiful. um, And unfortunately all of Broadway got canceled because 
the pandemic. So he's actually been home for the past three and a half months, which stinks because again, the pandemic, but it's been really nice because he's been touring for the past three years. Uh, so yeah. it's really great for us to be together. And we've been just creating and writing music and singing and having a great time. Um, other than the fact that what we've already talked about, um, we both contracted coronavirus. Yes. And yes, you poor thing. And for the both of you, I mean, of course, um, we of course want to hear a little bit about that. So. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Tori, that's my husband. He came home from the beautiful tour, um, on a Saturday, it was like Saturday, March, I don't know, 15th or something. And he came home and whenever he would be on a break from tour, he'd be like incredibly tired. And so like basically he would sleep for like two days straight um, and then he'd be functional again. Right. So that happened this time too. And we just kind of like, we just didn't think anything of it. We thought it was just normal tour fatigue. Um, and we didn't we also didn't make any connections because they had flown in from Texas. And at that point, really, they were only saying that they were there were cases in New York City and California and obviously all throughout you know the rest of uh, the world. So we had no idea uh, that he could possibly have it. Um, and so then that fatigue turned into for him these horrible headaches, like just excruciating headaches that like he could kind of describe as sinus pressure, but like way worse. And I was, when I was talking to you all earlier, I was describing mm -hmm. it as literally like an electric eel swimming around in your head. That is what it was feeling like. Um, and then that's when he lost his sense of taste and smell. So at this point, they did not know that that was one of the symptoms. So we just, again, you think sinus infection, just like a really bad sinus infection and, yeah, you know, yeah. term tour. That's when the, the CDC came out saying that, you know, taste and smell, loss of taste and smell was a very, um, you know, prominent sign of this. Um, and then about two days later, all of a sudden a chill came over my entire body and I came down with a very high fever. Oh, and I just like deteriorate, deteriorated from there. Right. Um, and so I was about five days behind him with the virus. Um, and so, yeah, the, the symptoms that I really experienced were the horrible electric headaches, um, extreme fatigue. I would sleep about 23 hours a day. I literally only got up to eat and honestly, that's it. And hydrate, um, very high fevers, chills, intense body aches, like body aches so bad that like, I just, I couldn't even sleep even though like my body couldn't move. I was like in bed and then like the, the body aches were so horrible. Um, and then the worst symptom that I had was, uh, the chest pressure. So basically it just felt like somebody was pushing down on my chest. It was very hard to breathe. Um, I was talking like this, like that's how yeah, that's how bad it was. Mm. I called the doctor. The doctor was like, hey, you know, there's not much that they can do for you. If you go to the hospital, they're just going to put you on a ventilator. You don't want that. He was like, just monitor yourself. And he gave me like tips on like, when is the time to go? Thankfully, I never got there. Um, and now it's three months later and I'm still recovering. You know, my chest was really, really ravaged by this. Um, it was very tender for weeks after, um, taking a full breath was really hard. I'm finally at the point where I feel kind of normal again, but 
not quite myself. Um, so yeah, it was an experience to say the least. <laughs> what can we say? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm so sorry that both of you had to go through this and I feel like um, the world really needs to know, like I think we were talking earlier in our pre-conversation that communities, such as some of the shore communities, because that's kind of where we are right now, um, they feel that maybe there's fairy dust sprinkled out down here with the people not really wearing the proper masks or not really taking the you know the best precaution. I'm not going to say everybody because clearly there are some people wearing masks, and I feel like when you're in food areas, you know, getting ice cream or maybe a takeout where people are you know queuing yeah. up more with the mask. But generally speaking, I think that because of the economy, as we know, the push to get things quite back. Um, it's it, it, it's not taking on the seriousness that it really is. It is a life-threatening virus. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, yes. and to branch off that point, I think that our world has short attention spans. You know, mm -hmm. if it's not in the news, it's exactly. not important. And exactly. I feel like the, the news cycle has kind of moved on past coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so yes. it's still the pandemic, as you said. And your experience, no one should ever have to go through this. And no. we really need to take it seriously that it is a virus that is more than just the flu. Is there anything yeah. that helped you get through that, you know, maybe gave you some hope and, and allowed you to recover? Um, that's such a great question. Yeah, um, definitely um hydration uh, i use eucalyptus oil a lot just to open up my lungs naturally mm -hmm. um hope wise i think you know music really helped yeah. like it was hard because like our bodies didn't really want to do it and my lungs were so like compromised that it was yeah. hard to sing yeah i think so yeah it was it was but i still was like i just anything that i could get out i would like it, yeah. i had yeah. to yeah um, yeah and so that was really important to just give us some hope. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, nothing gives you hope like singing a song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Music is therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, music is, uh, music is the soul. You know, yes. I have a close friend who actually did the music for the podcast, and she spoke to me when I was going through my experience and my journey, and she kept saying, Helene, sing. Just sing it out, write down some things and thoughts in your notes, and you know, try to hold on to the music because you need it. You need something outside, shall we say, not defining you. For an yes. example, you're, you're, you're Mary Manette. You are a person. You're not Mary Manette COVID-19. You know, right. I was Helene Beck, who I said my last name. Here we go. Um, well, they know who you are. They know who I am. It's okay. Um, <laughs> vertigo. You know, you're not defined. And I think that's actually a good, a good way to kind of segue to a little bit of what we're going to talk about next, just about... Um, you know, I guess really doctors or different places that you go that are that kind of um, don't validate, don't you. validate you, don't listen to you. And, and yeah. And and we were talking earlier about this, that if you are going through something, if you have an illness an autoimmune disease specifically where people can't see you mm -hmm. and see your disease. Absolutely. They say, oh, well, you're fine. So mm -hmm. have you had this experience and if so, maybe you want to elaborate? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, you were like speaking to uh, all of my experiences. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's really hard when you have autoimmune issues, as both of you know, um, mm -hmm. because a lot of times they are not apparent on the outside. Like people cannot see it, uh, especially like the deep pain that it often causes. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a couple of autoimmune complications. Um, so I have uh, celiac. Uh, basically, half of my family is celiac. Um, so I have celiac. I have um, PCOS, which if people don't know, is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. And then I also have Hashimoto's, which is oh, the autoimmune wow. disease that attacks your thyroid. Um, so like that trifecta uh, likes to explode sometimes. Um, that's and a lot going on. You have, you have a lot. And you're, you know, and like you would, and, and like it's, you know, what I'm about to say is stupid, but of course it's like, wow, looking at you, you would yeah. never know because yeah. you portray you. who you are because you, when I think of you, I think of course, Mari was my voice coach um, and we did lots of singing together. And again, getting back to outlets that we all have in our life, that that world is your world and the other stuff, you kind of just deal with it. But then, you know, when you need a certain diagnostic or a diagnosis to what's wrong with you, often when you go to doctors, they don't exactly tell you what particularly is wrong with you because they don't feel that pain. So would you like to talk a little bit about that as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So I can kind of go back to when I first got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So that was a whole saga, but um, like the short of it is I didn't have my period for like a really long time. This was right after I graduated from college. So I was 23 year old, like perfectly yeah. healthy before this. And then all of a sudden, like I stopped getting my period and I was like, okay, there's like something wrong. I should probably go to the gynecologist. So I go to see my gynecologist and I said to, th this was, um, a woman doctor. And I said to her, uh, Hey, I haven't had my period. I'm a little bit worried that something could be wrong. Um, what do you think? And her response to me was actually, well, there are worse things. Oh my, oh my gosh. Oh my. Oh yeah. My. But then she said, Oh, but I'll order you a blood test, a blood panel just to be safe. And I said, oh oh, Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So that was my first experience in like any of that. Then she orders the blood panel. I get a call, of course, that all of my TSH levels, all of my hormones are completely off. Mm, yeah. So she recommends that I see an endocrinologist. I see. And at this point I'm living in Florida. Um, mm -hmm. And so I go to just an endocrinologist. I was, I don't know, I was a kid. I was just like, I'm going to this endocrinologist that I found, right? So I just go mm -hmm. to this random doctor. It was a man doctor and he basically like didn't, I don't even know how to explain it. He basically like dismissed everything that I was saying and told me that I was like overreacting. Oh, you can't see us through the screen right now, but we are shaking our head. We are Thank shaking. you. We are shaking our yeah, head. We're shaking. And I think that my mom and I have, I actually have fibromyalgia and was diagnosed uh, mm. when I was in seventh grade. So yeah. I was 13 at the time and can resonate with your experience that doctors, not like, all, well, not we're all. not yeah, not generalizing, all. but some doctors just listen to your symptoms and just kind of go through a checklist and yes. just want to brush you off to the next they patient. Do. And also specifically more, cause you, you know, it's all relevant to how old, you know, your age, you were, you're, and you're a female mm -hmm. and 
you know, and, and, and they're looking at you like, you know, they're just kind of blowing off the situation and, and also your symptoms. Now, you know, it, I think it's tough to find, and I've been to so many different doctors with what I had gone through and things in the past and as well as for Alexandra, a person, a doctor, and that was some of the articles and article we've read, yeah. listen, people don't listen. And you know what, and you and I, and you know, your body, Absolutely. And you, in and you say, I'm feeling like X, Y, Z. And then that doctor will, you know, try to figure out and he's scanning his mind of his medical experience and everything. They may not know clearly what's wrong with you if you don't specifically have textbook situation where mm-hmm. it's yep. case, exactly where it's clear and cut. And, you know, and then, you know, referencing just with vertigo, we were saying earlier, it's a silent. Um, we're calling it the silent suffering. The silent suffering. But yes. Yes. not just vertigo, really, like any, honestly, any autoimmune. Any autoimmune because is. Because no, yeah. no one knows. So right. maybe get back to your story. Yeah. And, and how did you kind of yes. figure it all out? Yeah, thank you. Um, I like, I don't like that we've called it the silent suffering, but that really captures exactly yeah. Yeah the essence yes. of what me you and so many women that i know have gone through i know that men go through autoimmune issues too um but i ha- i know mostly in my life women that are dealing with these issues um and definitely the silent suffering so this doctor kind of dismissed me but he did end up ordering a blood panel and it was confirmed again that all my levels were off um and so that's when i actually booked my first professional gig and so i had to go out of town mm-hmm. so i had to then get all of my stuff transferred and i had to like try to see a doctor while like living on a friend's like couch in tampa so i'm there and then i go to see another doctor just to follow up and make sure that i can get like on the right medication especially since this is like my first professional gig outside of uh, college and um it was the same thing like he ordered another blood panel he like didn't trust my what i was saying he didn't trust the two before um basically told me again, I don't show the classic symptoms of thyroid issues because of the way that I looked, um, which I think you guys understand what I'm saying there. No, absolutely. Yeah. We're just, you know, we're, we're silent because we want to just hear what you have to say. You know, I mean, so go on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it was just very upsetting that like, there's that much of like a two dimensional version of what a lot of doctors think thyroid issues are. Um, you're just a woman that gains weight. Like that's insane. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, um, I mean, and they always want to yeah. label, you know, I think that too, they want to label, they want to put you in a category. They want to label. And quite frankly, they want to medicate you. Absolutely. I mean, we, are, we are the world, not world, excuse me, depends upon, well, I wouldn't say the world. We, you know, specifically in the United States, I think other countries handle medical issues differently from my experience with my world of my international friends. But here we are a pill popping nation. So you have a problem, they want to give you a prescription and then make you go away. And then, you know, I can actually, I can segue just a little bit of my, what, what happened with me is I was put on Lexapro from a doctor because I had had um, a test called the Epoly test for the vertigo. And mm-hmm. I went to a practitioner who, shall we say, half helped me. She she helped me get rid of the vertigo, but I was stuck, honestly, with vertigo part B. And that was where I was just having 
um, extreme um, imbalance issues, which I continuously work on even today. I do all types of exercises, which fortunately I found someone to help me out with that. But she put me on a Alexa Pro because I stood up and she did the, okay, you're not, you know, your body's not moving. And I, and I kept saying, but, but I feel like I'm moving. Oh no, that's just your anxiety. I went on the Lexapro and I'm not negating drugs because drugs can be very useful if they are used for the proper symptoms and situation. I went on it for four days. I thought I was losing my mind and I took myself off and that was the end of that. But I, you know, so giving a pill or just not giving that person what they need from you. Like as a doctor, it's just terrible. Absolutely. And on the anxiety, women are misdiagnosed with anxiety a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, found this article from Harvard uh, Health Publishing Medical School. Um, this contributor, Laurel Kiesel, hope I'm pronouncing your name right if you're listening. And she talked about how on average, um, trying to find it, but I think the statistic was 70% of women are suffering from chronic um, pain and chronic illness. And um, as a science person, what I thought was so interesting about this point was that a lot of the tests and you know studies are all with male mice. So you're getting statistics, right? You're getting statistics and it's for men. So there's almost a gender bias in medicine. And that's kind of what I feel like the doctor was doing to you, that mm-hmm. you were fitting in this category. Uh, I'm a genetic student and you're like, it's like studying for the test. You know, you see, okay, yes. oh, you have this symptom and you're mm-hmm, supposed to look mm-hmm. at you're supposed to be this weight and you're supposed to and like that's even with blood. that's at the fault of the doctor in a way that you have to really listen to the patient you have to validate what advocate, they're saying advocate yeah and but sometimes it's advocating hard, yeah. for yourself no is really hard when you're feeling like crap it Absolutely. is really when you're feeling like and that's why the podcast that's why all this came to be is because um we know so many other people out there have these experiences. You have your friends. I've had my experience. Alexandra has had her experience. And that's, and that's why we wanted to have you on today because uh, we don't want anyone to feel alone and feel like they're crazy because how did you feel when the doctor said that to you? Um, I, (laughs) I felt completely unheard. And Mm -hmm. I just, I, yeah, I felt like maybe I was making my symptoms up. Mm -hmm. Um, Like maybe like my stress was causing this, which that's Mm -hmm. all like literally crazy. When you think back on it, you're like, I actually had all of these real symptoms of this disease. They just don't look quite like what you've been taught that they look like. Yeah, it was really tough. And I was really young and I was going through it alone. That made it really tricky. Yeah. So basically what ended up happening is this doctor ended up giving me Synthroid, but like a very low dosage because my TSH levels, like they didn't look that crazy. Um, But here's the thing that we've been talking about. Every person is different. So my normal is not your normal. Exactly. Exactly. And I was not improving and I was actually declining. And this is something that's actually really hard for me to talk about. What ended up happening when your hormones get all messed up like that, I ended up um, going through um, voice loss. It causes a hoarse voice. Wow. Wow. And I was dealing with my first professional gig outside of college. 
Wow. And not being listened to by doctors and being kind of told that everything that I was saying wasn't quite real. And Mm -hmm. then not being to explain why my voice wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. So I guess the question is, how did you work through that? Like, what did you do? So then I realized that um, it's really important to find like a good doctor. (laughs) So Not that, you know, I don't necessarily think these doctors were bad. I don't think they were the right fit for me. And I think that's just a distinction that people, uh, it's really important that people know before going into any kind of doctor's appointment, be it, um, really anything i've I've learned this uh, the same way with therapy it's like there's great therapists out there but the therapists don't work for every single person right and so it's the same thing with doctors and so i finally found um an endocrinology uh, practice it was all women led and they had great reviews and i went in and just like from the moment i went to reception they were kind and like welcoming and wonderful and the doctor she literally changed my life she listened to me she told me about how my normal probably wasn't other people's normal. She tested out different levels with me and kept having me come back to make sure that my levels were good. She would call me um, to check up. And then from that, I finally started to get my life back. It was a really long road because, you know, when autoimmune hits, like it kind of, it just destroys everything in its wake. Yeah. And so it was a really long road, but then I decided to move up here and, but I already had learned my lessons. So I researched and I found a great doctor up here and I, I'm still with that doctor today. So that's an amazing, you know, I'm so happy that there was a, shall we say a happy ending to at least find, well, not an ending, but a happy experience that you could then go to someone now who of course hears you. And I think that's the biggest thing to keep thinking about is to be validated. You know, you just want someone to validate and say, okay, wow, these are your symptoms. Well, okay, like, let's try to figure this out. And maybe if they can't figure it out, then maybe they can reference you to someone who can, yeah. because doctors are people. And as Alexandra can comment, as she takes some of her classes that are, you know, are with genetics that she's in school with some people going to be physicians. And yeah, I'm on the you know, I'm taking so, classes with pre-med people. And kind of what I just said before is that a textbook is a textbook. A person is a person. Yeah. So you have to listen to the person before you reference the textbook. But I think what happens now, though, and not even throwing insurance into the part of this, because that's a whole of completely different topic. But doctors don't honestly have, depending upon the type of doctor that you're going to, if you're just going to be going to like, a, let's say, a general practitioner, or then they reference you to a specialist, often some of them don't have that time or don't want to have that time to be with every single patient. They have a lot of time that they can spend and they're out the door. So it really depends on, uh, you know, a physician that you can find who, and that's really on your part, or you can have a support system to help you with that, to find the doctor who will listen. Because, you know, and again, it has a lot to do with, with the way in our world of insurance is that a lot of times doctors don't have that time you know, or they're just not the right doctor, as you mentioned. Yeah, I was going to say, never be afraid to like walk away from a doctor. (laughs) Obviously, always be kind, but never be afraid to walk away and try somebody else. Um, And then with insurance, yeah, my insurance actually stopped um, covering my endocrinologist that I have up here, but um, I don't care. I I just pay it out of pocket. It doesn't matter at this point because it's just, it's not worth 
um, leaving, you know, this doctor that has helped me so much. Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. So what advice would you give to someone that might be going through a hard time right now? Let's say they may not have a support network or system. What would you tell them to do? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say um, research is your best friend. So do as much research as you can, um, especially uh, there's a lot, you know, like we live in the world of Yelp now, right? So like there's like yeah. Yelp reviews for doctors, <laughs> um, which is really helpful. So I would just research and find the doctor that you think just everybody recommends and looks good for you. I also say if you're, if you don't have support, um, maybe tell one of your closest friends and just say like, Hey, um, would you be willing to act as my advocate? Because there are, there are days that I don't feel up to really anything. And so I would really appreciate it if you could help me through this and, um, I think that would be really great. And then the other thing is, you know, again, we live in this world of online. There are like Instagram pages like that are um, dedicated to like all of the autoimmune stuff. There's blogs. Sure, there are. Groups you can join. Yeah. Okay. So no, I just think that people sometimes don't want to or don't know how to reference that information sometimes there or they might be nervous to or it's a lot of filtering you have to do which is why i think it's great that if you can have a support system it's good and if not we have this podcast yeah come check us out absolutely there's one more thing i'd like to mention so um talking about myself a little, little bit with what i went through i had fibromyalgia and then later was diagnosed with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. A great thing that I found that you talked about finding stuff on Instagram, um, it's celery juice. Uh, There's a guy, his name is Medical Medium. You can find him on Instagram. And there's a lot of science between the sodium Mm -hmm. and how it's processed and digested, but celery juice works for a lot of autoimmune diseases mm-hmm. so that's amazing that's a great route and you know of course or doing juicing, yeah, juicing. Um, holistic stuff like yoga helps me a lot to meditate meditate and just calm your stress calm the nerves but mm-hmm. i think that you gave some great advice mm-hmm. and uh now we are going to segue why don't you talk about some music why don't you talk a little bit about yeah. how you guys met okay and i was not in the picture then she was okay alexandra's gonna stop talking <laughs> yeah, for stop a minute. she just keeps talking so yeah i'm gonna talk a little bit let's talk a little bit about what makes us happy and what yeah. makes us happy is music and then um would you like to talk a little bit about how we met and um without naming exactly where we met. Well, we met in Hoboken in the studio, but how, how, you know, wanna, wanna talk about that experience as me, as your student? Yeah, yeah, okay. So wait, how many years ago was it? Oh my goodness, Mar. Um, I was three. Oh, um, it's probably about five, roughly. Okay, from like when we first met, yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. The totally. first lesson. Yeah, time goes quickly, as we know. It does, yes. Tell tell us, you know, comment a little bit how we met and what we did. and Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, we didn't know that we met, but uh, so the first thing was we did like a little student and teacher recital for the studio that I worked at. And so my husband and I performed and actually Helene performed, but she wasn't my student at that point. And I remember thinking how gorgeous your voice was. I think you sang... um, from Phantom. 
Oh my goodness, you are so good. And actually I'm thinking that was with actually another voice teacher that we're going to yes. speak to at some point, Aiden. Yes. Yes, yes go a on. great human. Um, so yeah, so you guys, so he was your teacher and yeah. Yeah, I could hear your beautiful voice that night. And then, I don't know, it was maybe like two years later and Aiden mm-hmm. got uh, this job at a charter school in Brooklyn as the music yeah. director. Again, he's a fabulous human. And so then, Helene, I think you were kind of looking for... I was. I was, I was searching. You know, um, Aiden left and then I was trying to figure out, was I going to continue with voice and voice... And music is always my, you know, special place, as we know, as we're talking about music in general. And I, what happened is now I recall you substituted for a teacher that I wasn't really sure if that was going to work out or not. Again, like it's like picking a doctor or picking a therapist. I wasn't sure if this particular voice coach was going to be good for me, Mm -hmm. although she's a wonderful teacher. Um, And you came in and I thought, Oh my goodness, this is who I want. Thank so, you. I felt the same yeah. way. Yeah, so go on. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh we got set up together and like then we through music, we yes. got to like know each other and we got to form this amazing friendship. Yeah, and I just cool. like so looked forward to every single time you came Aww. in because I knew that not only like would it just be like an amazing conversation, amazing energy, um realness. Like I don't you're just so real and Thank I you. feel I feel so like I don't know just like special that like we were able to like share that deep of a connection. And then we got to like make amazing music together. Like we did, we did. so many different types we of music. We did really yeah. cool stuff. And then you left me. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so sorry. A relationship. And that had nothing to do with you. That no, was the weirdest decision on my end. What happened was, you know, and I, Alexandra would laugh because I would plan my schedule. Oh, totally would. And that I worked, which we're not saying where in Hoboken. And I would plan my schedule accordingly so that I would say, Ma, what's, what's your schedule looking like? And then I would make my schedule because I wanted to make sure that I had you. But, um, and then, you know, time went on and you were busy with doing other things. And I completely, I think you were taking a dance class with Tori or something going on or something. You were doing I was, something. I was yeah. in the city. Yeah. So we were in the city a ton. And then um, also I just decided to pull back from that, from teaching full-time at that studio anyway. Um, so my hours got cut really down, which was super sad because then I wasn't able to see yeah. you. Yeah, it was sad. So anyway. But, but now you're connected. But now you it's so crazy, you know, with how you reconnect with people. And the, and it's clearly like not the thing is, is I think there's so many people and I'm sure you can um, discuss this as well that you think about, but you're like, and then you're on to the next. And I think social media, of course, that's our medium of connecting with so many people. It has its positive and it has its negative. But I think the positive aspect of it is that you can reconnect with old friends and start a whole different type of relationship. And I feel like right now, that's pretty much what we are doing. And I'm so happy and excited and honored that you will, you know, that you're part of this, uh, I'm going to start to cry, but not really, um, that you're part of my world doing this. And I can hopefully be part of yours doing your podcast. And um, that's, you know, that's pretty much the take on the whole music gig. Any other comments from my co-host here, Alexandra? 
I dance. So <laughs> I share that passion. Yes. And kind of like, you know, tying this all together, um, music and dance and any form of something that makes music. you happy arts sustains you yeah. and, and lifts you and makes you feel alive yes. that what you were saying before, you're more than your disease or whatever you have, you can express yourself and you could just be mm -hmm. happy and like feel the sunshine. I think, yeah, I think yes. I, I, very, very well put. Beautiful, Alexandra. And I think that I, it's a state of it's a state of mind and euphoria. It's a state of mind. I think whether people are into yoga or meditation, which, of course, all of us may share some of those things that we do um, or or getting into music. And as you mentioned, how when you were not feeling well or when you were pretty bad with the covid that you that you still went to the music part and was trying to sing. Mm -hmm. And because that's that that special part of you, which keeps you going. And then, you know, my friend mentioned to me when I was in my pretty bad situation as well, get back into the music, get back to where, where things feel good. And I think that's so much about the arts, whether you're dancing yeah. or you're singing or your body is moving. It definitely, as you know, science would say, Alexandra, sorry, that, that, that there's a chemical release of dopamine or serotonin that absolutely happens. It's a neurotransmitter effect. A neurotransmitter. Yeah, yeah, that it just releases. And that's why you keep go you all keep coming back to the music. And I hope that our music together, Mari, continues for a very, very long friendship. Me too. Yes. We have actually a little game that we'd like to play. Oh my gosh, surprises. Surprises. My mom's looking at me like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? But I came up with this, so we're gonna do it. If you you wanna is are you good with that? I'm game. Let's do it. So punning on the word heart, I thought it it can be called heart to heart. So the premise of it is um, we know a little about your story, but maybe what's a heart to heart, a conversation that you have had with someone else, or maybe like, I don't know, an internal type of connection, just like, a, I don't know where you're going with I'm this. I'm trying to think of the word <laughs> and like an insight into yourself that changed you. Something that intrinsically like changed, changed her. And, and, and I guess referencing your heart, which is your soul. It is your soul. So mm -hmm. sorry. Complicated, but so I guess maybe maybe let, let's try to rephrase this. Maybe I think with Alex and heart to heart, I love that. I didn't okay. even know this was happening. I did tell you, you maybe didn't I, to I thought, well, I don't listen to you, but anyway, <laughs> heart to heart, you know, it maybe it could have been, um, without getting so, uh, shall we say, specific in your relationships, maybe with a friend, or maybe it was a heart. How about let's talk about maybe, um, your friend that you did the podcast with? I know that she is your best BFF forever, so. Yeah. You know, maybe talk about like, you know, how you, if you say heart to heart, how you decided to do that podcast. Cause we talked a little bit or about she that. Talk about whatever she or wants. she could talk about whatever she wants, but I'm just sure. I told well, two things were brought to mind. Actually, when you said this, I love the idea. Super cute name. Um, so, okay. So two things were brought to my mind and one is kind of silly and one is more serious. So the first thing that you, you said something that changed me. So, um, something that I did before, uh, the pandemic, um, was I started going to these dance classes in the city called 305 dance. I don't know if you've, you've ever oh, heard wow. of it. No. Okay. 
So it's like, it's cardio toning, but it's like completely steeped in like dance. Like their whole thing is like, um, when in doubt, twerk it out. That is cool. Yeah, you guys should, okay, when they reopen, we should all go. Um, They have like a live DJ, it's amazing. And so like, I like found these classes on like mind body and I like went and I danced so hard and I forgot how good it feels to just like, let loose and move your body and dance. Wow. I don't know why I had lost that part of myself, but it was like yeah, something well, was really weakened. Know. And like I was like physically dancing my anxiety out. Oh my God. I totally I love resonate. it. I love it. And actually yeah. Alexander always says I can't dance, but maybe no, I, I could try. Yeah. I mean I dance literally like walking on the beach just you know, yeah, I'm she's going a good dancer. Go she's, she full dances. out listening to Jonah, the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Now, my yes. question has part two. Was Tori, okay, was Tori part of this? Did he go too? Um, well, I brought him to one of the classes and he loved it. He said it was so fun. Okay. <laughs> but no, it was basically while he was on tour. Um, but any all levels are welcome and it's like dark and it's like a club and there's like music and it's amazing. So you are more than welcome to come anytime. When in doubt, twerk it out. Just like life advice. Yeah. Um, so that changed me a lot. And then the other thing is, yeah, my, my best friend, her name is Channing. She has been my best friend since we were 11 years old and she has my heart. She's changed my heart multiple times throughout our entire life. Um, we've basically been there for each other through every single major life event that we've ever had. Um, we're not afraid to like, just like cry together to challenge each other, to, uh, we, we crack each other up constantly. Like it's just this constant, like ever growing relationship of just two women that literally all we want for each other is just the best. (laughs) And so that relationship has absolutely changed my heart and it continues to change it. She lives inside of my heart. She knows as if she's listening. Um, so yeah. Oh, well, that is, that's beautiful. Yeah, that is, that is the coolest thing. And you know how lucky you are because so many people may not ever have that. So that is something so special. It's really, really special. Yeah, it is. Any more games, Alexandra? No, okay. (laughs) I mean, it was fun, right? Everyone had a good time. Everyone. It was great. It was really fun. I mean, do you want to share something? You have my heart, Alexandra. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, actually, you know, um, let me let me put it to you this way. This podcast would never happen if my co-host child um, partner was not sitting next to me because um, there's no way. Thank no way. You. So Thank I'm going to start to cry. Okay. Mom tears. Me too. But, uh, yeah, but um, Alexandra has my heart and my oh. son has my heart. My, my, my family has my heart. My dog. And Alexandra's dog has her heart. <laughs> my dog. Yeah. She is still continuously mad at me because I still have to check out my allergies and all my stuff that I've been going through to see if I'm allergic to him or not, which is kind of sad. But um, but I think that if I had to put my family inside my heart, that's where it would go. That's how I feel. But I was going to say, I was thinking when I thought about this game, um, when I went to Israel on birthright two years ago, um, before going, I was like really stressed out with school and stuff. And when I went, it was like almost just 
it was just like a release of just euphoria and just being so happy. And um, I took this, we went to these um, rounds like with soldiers and it was a really cool experience. We got to meet them and you really weren't supposed to take pictures. So don't even know if I should be saying this, but <laughs> I jumped on this guy's back and we took this picture and it was me and all these soldiers. And <laughs> she knows this story. She knows this story. Bad moment. And, Bad moment. Yes. and but then I like sent her this picture, like whatever, it was cute. And because my mom and I are our best friends and she looked at, she texted me like, oh my God, you look so happy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm smiling. And she was like, oh no, you yeah, look it's really yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that, I mm -hmm. don't know. It just, I it's think, always, mm -hmm. it's always will stick with me. It'll always stay with me. Shout out to Rucker's birthright for an amazing yeah. trip and, and Hillel. And I've been yearning to go back. Um, so I think that we, my mom keeps pointing to the time. She's like, gotta wrap it up. <laughs> I love talking to you. And I we think do love we're going to wrap you. this up. We are going to wrap it up. You where people can find you. Yeah, where can we we well we know where you are, but, but where mom, can where can other social people social media world? Yes, where can they find you, Mary Minette? Okay, yes, that's that's it. Uh it's just at Mari Minette. So M-A-R-I-M-I-N is in Nancy E-T-T-E. And that is on all the socials. I'm at Mari Minette. Okay. And what about your podcast too? Good question. Thank you. Uh so that is um at 30 flirty and trying um pod sorry at 30 flirty and trying pod love it love it and then we're going to close out by telling everyone where you can find us so on instagram you can find my mom at helene.beck31 that's if she checks her instagram she's I, giving me darting right now. Um, let me yes. promote myself at Alexandra underscore Beck 18 at coming from the sorry I said this wrong at coming underscore from the heart podcast I feel like I've said that so many times sending so many people and what messages. about Spotify and Apple Pod? and you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify and anywhere you can find your podcasts well it, she loves to say that at the <laughs> end anyway all right Mara we love you hugs and kisses thank you. thank you thank you hugs and kisses us. virtually yeah so tune into when you, i think we're gonna this will be airing this will be airing wednesday we're recording sunday right now yes, yeah we're gonna record and so why don't you close it out i am gonna close it out by saying again thank you for your time thank you for your story and thank you for sharing because i know that a lot of people will be listening and i think a lot of people would not be as courageous as you to talk about certain topics that maybe you were not as most comfortable with so i do appreciate that and hopefully someone out there who is having some issues will learn from this podcast in between our silliness and laughing that, you know, that coming from the heart is uh, we got your back. We have people on here to talk about different problems and situations. And again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. XOXO, Helene.